0: Welcome to the Ken Hill Podcast. Appreciate everyone tuning in and uh, appreciate the people that uh, have written in with suggestions, the people that uh, have written in and told me about how the podcast is, is working for them, as well as the people that have donated. All very much appreciated. And yeah, sorry, no no intro music and, and no, sponsor, uh, no sponsor pitch. And no, I'm not going to sit here and and talk about um, eggnog recipes and and no 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 I, 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 my bullshit factor is uh, pretty low and uh, I don't I just don't have the brain space for that. Instead, we're going to get right into it because what these podcasts are about is is giving everyone access to to what the best writers in the world are doing to meet their success, and what this podcast is about. And I really hope that you that you stay listening um, to the end of this podcast because, it, uh, yeah, it's not a super sexy one or super flashy, but boy, does it make a difference. And this one's really not recommended. It's really absolutely necessary. What this podcast is about is putting yourself in a position to meet your goals by behind the scenes, creating your own individual environment that then allows the training process to happen. It's a self-evaluation with understanding of what your individual circumstances are, and then that automatically will prioritize what matters and what doesn't. How this podcast came about was, I've had people write to me asking, Ken, what should my goal be? What what are my goals? And the bottom line is I, I I can't answer that. What we found was the goal or the actual, the, the, the goal or the actual techniques weren't the issue, right? So once, once we, we understood what, what um, a client's goal was, and we would, if they didn't have a clear um, thought of what that is, we would simply say, where do you want to end up in the sport? The goal wasn't the issue, the techniques and the drills weren't the issue. The issue is prioritizing and organizing a person's individual process that allows the goal to happen. So basically, behind the scenes, clearing out all the shit that that will allow this growth to happen. So what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about goals. We're going to talk about uh, type of methodology, what makes up an athlete, how those three aspects need to be trained for. Uh, we're going to talk about separating training and practice, time and money budgets, equipment needs, and then our short-term goals and how we, we reconcile those goals. And it starts off with, we continually need to understand uh, what motorcycles are about and how motorcycling is unlike any other sport. Motorcycle riding is completely uncompromising, right? There's no, there's no room, right? There's zero room for error or chance yet. Typically, when we look at the sport, we only look at it in terms of, of time and, and money, um, we don't look at it in something that I think is super important, which is the cost of failure. And the cost of failure can be, can be super high. And so, you know, that's why we, we need to think about our sport of having consequences. And basically what we're trying to do behind the scenes is mitigate the, uh, those consequences, right? We're trying to make sure that we're mitigating whatever risk is out there. So this starts off with establishing your long-term goal. And I said, where do you ultimately want to be in the sport? That's where everything starts. And you can think of that as, it's almost as simple as how we look at a corner, right? We draw a corner backwards. And we look at what lasts longest, and of course we, we, we want to think about the exit lasting longest and the acceleration, so on and so forth. It's the same thing with your long-term goal. We need to understand what your long-term goal is so then we can put everything in front of that to meet our goal and everything gets adjusted so we can end up um, reconciling it to that goal, which we'll talk about quite a bit later. So let's establish a long-term goal. Second is let's embrace proper methodology. Uh, I'm not gonna go down the, the rabbit hole on this one other than let's do what the best in the world are doing. Whether you get training from me or someone else, that's great, let's just make sure we're getting professionally trained, but let's embrace what the best riders in the world are doing, because it's pretty simple. If there was a better way, they would do that. And within that comes, the order in which they're doing doing things as well. It's so easy to you know get caught up into the whole internet thing of uh, wow, I, you know I should be dragging my elbow or I should be doing X, Y, and Z. No, no, let's let's simply look at what the best writers in the world are doing. Let's embrace what they're doing, and let's look at the order of what was happening there. And, and of course, we're going to build um, correct report cards with that as well. Third thing that we're going to look at. Let's, let's let's back up a little bit and understand what makes up an athlete. And in our sport, uh, we have got riding technique. And in any sport, right, it's gonna be the technique or the craft of, of what an athlete does. That's one aspect of it. It's the physical fitness and the mental fitness. Those three things have to work together for success. So you can be the most, um, you can have the most incredible technique in the world. But if you're not physically fit or mentally fit then those things are going to hold you back d- 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 all three of those things have to work together and it's dynamic right there's times where one will be ahead of the other uh, but the whole idea is that we want to be able to match those up so let's understand there's three aspects writing technique physical fitness and mental fitness and that that is how it works so then We're going to dive into those a little bit um, now and understand how you need to look at your individual program for each one of those things. First one is riding technique. The bottom line is you need to get evaluated. And even though it can be somewhat self-evaluating, you're at a track day, you're racing, you're out riding with your friends, trail riding, basically, where aren't you good, right? Where are you getting past or where are you not confident? And that's, where, that's part of where you're gonna work on in, in your training, whether it's a, it's a braking issue or your entry or it's your exits or whether it's how your eyes work, trail riding, whatever it may be. Let's look at your riding technique and let's get evaluated for that because there's nothing worse than reading on the internet about, oh my gosh, you know, I should be doing X, Y, and Z when really that has nothing to do with what's holding you back in your riding. So riding technique, let's get evaluated and let's figure that out so you can pinpoint what you need to work on so you can get to your next steps. Second one, physical fitness. The physical fitness part, honestly, I think we're seeing some improvements with that, um, which is fantastic. Um, But the physical fitness is a big deal as well. Bottom line is is the more physically fit you are, the longer you can access your technique. Because as soon as your physical fitness goes away, then your technique goes away. So yeah, in this yeah the beginning of your weekend's great and then you know how is it Sunday afternoon when it's 100 degrees out? Uh, and you're doing your fifth race of the weekend, or you're doing three days at a attract it, you know, three days in a row at a track air, or, or you're doing an adventure ride. And it's the, you know, the end of the first week. So physical fitness, let's take a look at that. And again, let's get evaluated for your base cardio, your, your strength training, your flexibility, and have that person watch some motorcycle videos. So they get an idea of what you need on the bike and through that. If it's a good professional trainer, they're gonna be able to figure that out for you as well. So let's get that going. So the mental fitness one, I'm gonna break it down into two different aspects because the one that we're, that we're struggling with the most is essentially uh, being able to compartmentalize your outside world from your motorcycle world. Number one, the biggest issue that we're having. And of course, the more that we're supposed to be online and the most more we're supposed to be available, um, the worst that this, this problem gets. Learning how to separate your outside world from your motorcycle world. Your life depends on it. Sorry, that it, that's just how it is. Let's not screw around with that. Uh, and there's, there's some deliberate things that we can work on to make that happen. The second part of it is on the mental fitness then becomes our focus and then our refocus. And I want you to think about it this way. I don't want to go crazy deep with the you know the whole mindfulness thing, but the bottom line is you've got to be able to be in a position to co- be able to concentrate on a singular task in real time. That's what it boils down to. So one, you've got to have a trigger which which separates your motorcycle world from your regular world. And now the other one is you have to be present enough to be able to concentrate, at being proactive on a, on a singular task. And there's so many cool things that that can make that happen, right? You can, you can do yoga, you can do limosity, you can do breathing exercises. And again, there's there's even aspects of, of the physical training which blend over into this, whether it's cycling or running or hiking or whatever it may be. And you can kind of shortcut your approach to that. So the mental fitness, two things there. One. We need to be able to separate our regular world from our motorcycle world. Second one is being able to be proactive with the the training and practice, which we're gonna get into in in just a second. The big takeaway for these three things is separating time per week to do these things. If you have a spouse, it's sitting down with your spouse and saying, look, this is something that's a big deal in my life. This is something that I wanna do. I want to get better at it, I want to be safer at it. I can almost guarantee, explained that you're trying to mitigate risk, absolutely will be able to do that. And it doesn't take much time, We, we literally one minute a day of some mindfulness training will pay off massive dividends later on down the road. I'd rather see you, you work one minute a day than 30 minutes every two weeks and then not do anything you know, uh, uh, for another two weeks. So, for each one of these things let's set time aside let's let's figure out in your schedule what makes that work and uh, we all have 24 hours in a day and you know if you give up um you know five or ten minutes a day of of social media time i'm I'm sure that uh, this will make things a lot easier so commit to this commit to this part of the physical fitness the mental fitness and the writing technique part and let's get evaluated for those things. Oh, I, I can't tell you what a big deal that, uh, that this is going to, to be. All right. Let's separate training and practice. We, 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 we sort of hinted to that a little bit in, in our last section, but this section absolutely deserves its own, own merit here. Let's make sure you understand that training is all about learning something new, right? It's learning a new technique. It's learning a new drill. Practice is then repetition of that. Both are very difficult. Training is hard, and honestly, it's pretty damn frustrating. But you have to embrace it, and you've got to get through it. So the training is hard. Yeah, it's frustrating. And then set yourself up for practice. So it should be it should be neither hard nor fun. Practice needs to be at a rate that challenges you, but also allows proactive inputs. I'm going to say that again, right? Practice should be via proactive inputs and this is where we talk about right train until you get it right practice until you can't get it wrong work on getting good (laughs) work on getting good first yeah i know we all want to be great but you're going to spend most of your time getting good and then only then can you be great And, uh, I think if we, we take a look at that, uh, and we really embrace it. So let's separate training and practice and embrace that process. All right. Time and money. Yeah. This is always the big one. Evaluate your time and money budget and let's be realistic with it. Part of this goes to what are the things, time and money that are going to get you to your goal? I'm gonna make something up. Okay, you've determined that you're going to um, do some uh, oval track riding on a little XR, or you know dirt track riding, and that's great. When all you really need is a, a little eight horsepower used XR 100, and then you go out and buy yourself a KTM 450, right? You've, you've, you've screwed up two things right there. Meaning you've spent too much money on something that is actually not going to um, help your training. So let's be realistic on what you really need with with your with your time and uh, your money. So again, I mentioned this before is uh, I'd rather see you practice something for a minute a day and then 20 or 30 minutes all at once and never, and then never basically do it again. And then let's let's understand that there's some things you may not be investing enough money in. and we have to look at it as the cost of failure is much higher than the cost of proactive training. So let's spend our money and time in the right places for you to be able to make that happen. Part of that is the evaluation processes as, as well. All right, this leads into evaluating uh, your motorcycle and equipment needs. First thing is let's make sure we've got equipment that's up to the task of, of being safe that allows you to train. Um, more times than not, at the, at the Rick days, we'll, we'll have riders come in on their own bikes and almost every single time, we end up working on their bike. And if it's not something that you can do um, yourself, hire somebody to do it and hire that person as if your life depends on it, because it does. And it's not just your life, it's other people's lives that you have on hand if you're out on track or whatever you're doing. So let's make sure that your equipment is up to the task um, and is safe to allow you to train. Next one is that is let's make sure we've got equipment that is pretty simple and helps our training uh, in a positive way. So yeah, it's great to have a 200 horsepower superbike, but if you're afraid to ride it, or it takes six people to work on the thing, then yeah, that's 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 not something that's going to allow you to to grow. It's the same thing with the dirt riding. I've had a lot of people um, you know do dirt classes with me on whatever a TTR 125, a KLX 140. Oh my gosh, this is the best thing in the world! And then then they they go out and buy that you know um, KTM 450 which I like KTM 450s, but that may not be the best dirt bike for doing oval work. So let's really think about that. Um, what, is, what is really a sound decision um, and also what makes it accessible for you um, as well. Part of the equipment needs is let's find a place to train. It doesn't have to be on track. It can be a parking lot, right? A dirt oval, you can throw four cones out and have a, have a great great time with that. It can be on your commute to work with your initial brake application. It could be your eyes. It could be your breathing exercises. So let's really make sure that that we're going to town on on what what your your proper uh, motorcycle and equipment needs are. All right. Now that we've talked about a bunch of these things, only now can we put our short-term goals into play. We initially put our long-term goals right out of the gate first. Now we're ending this with our short-term goals. Now we've got something to connect to to meet our long-term goals, right? So we've, we've, we've put together what methodology we're gonna use. We've put together what makes up an athlete. We've made up the three things that, 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 that are our training that build the fundamentals. Um, we've put together uh, how our training and practice works, our time and money and equipment needs. These are the things that get us to our long-term goal. So now that you've got something to actually work with, now you can start putting your plan into play. These these things, and I'm going to summarize them here in a second, but these things are what allows that success to happen. And these are the things that we end up as as trainers spend the most time with with our students. And again, this is something that I think is completely overlooked and something that we're not putting enough time and effort into, right? Because it's easy to get up on a, a Saturday morning and and go out and do something that actually is is not um, putting us to to our goals uh, when it comes to riding. So, quick summary, let's have some self-evaluation for what your program is, right? Let's put yourself in a position to be able to execute your goals. And again, that starts off with what your long-term goal is, what methodology you're going to use for it, what makes up an athlete, and specifically where you're at in those three aspects. Where are you at in your writing technique? Where are you at in your physical fitness? Where are you at in your mental fitness? And how can you get evaluated for that? Once you get evaluated for it, then that does put together your specific training that you're gonna to need to be able to do, separating your training and practice, and that way you can go, okay, wow, yeah, I've got, there's something that I've gotta look at here, which is I really need to understand this, uh, this new fundamental that I work on, that I I want to build, then I can practice it. Then we have to look at our time and money budget. It's like, okay, great. I I understand what I need to do with uh, my training. How much time and money can I afford to make that happen? What equipment now am I going to need for that as well? And then finally, finally, you can put together your short-term reconciliation, right? That short-term reconciliation is a year, then six months, and then a month, Uh, and then a week uh, and then daily and you can start to build your calendar for that so all right there you go yeah I know this was this was one that we had to listen to it's one that I know it's not super sexy right it's not one that you would uh, just jump out there and do but you want the success that all these guys are having at the top of the sport this is how you're going to do it and really this is how it's done Copyright 2018, Ken Hill Coaching, All Rights Reserved.